Hey yo, and welcome to the latest episode of NXT Talk, where we chat about all things NXT, whether it be stateside, UK, or leveling up. We got you covered. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by the one, the only, the bearded, the Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Quite bearded, quite, uh, quite confused at what's going on with this NXT, Boris, man. We got a, we got a match built on a yacht. We got a match built, if you'll forgive my bluntness, around a sack of balls. Their words, not mine. We got a world title match built around disqualification. What a time to be alive, buddy. Yeah, time to be alive. All right, that's 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 uh, I think the best way to put it. Speaking of sack of balls, speaking of sack of balls, it is hot as that sack. Holy crap, is it hot outside this week? Let's be cracking one because it is humid. It is sticky in Toronto. It is definitely beer o'clock somewhere, and that yep. place is Toronto all the che- time. Cheers, buddy. Hey, a little Great Lakes action for the BAM boys. How are you doing today, big homie? I'm doing good. <laughs> I think. <laughs> dude, I think it's good, dude. everything's a fever dream at this point. Like, honestly, it's just, it's the past few weeks have just been so busy and so crazy and like, like barely time to just sit down and, 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 and think. Yeah, you're gearing up to go west, to going westward, young man. You got to pack. You got to get uh, arrangements all figured out. So, yeah, man, you got lots on the go, yeah, I can imagine. I, exactly, and that's, like, on top of it all. Like, I haven't even thought about that trip. Like, my dad had, had texted me. He's like, are you ready? I'm like, I haven't even thought about what I'm taking, right? Like, I spoke with my brother yeah. yesterday, and he was saying, that's a little on the cooler side. So now I'm like, okay, do I take that extra pair of pants or, you know, just, just rely on, on shorts and stuff like that? Yeah, I, I feel you, man. Yeah, now that adds a whole other layer. Well, it's still like June. You'll be fine, I'm sure, with shorts. Maybe bring maybe bring one pair of pants and extra hoodie, but yeah, it's free all. That's exactly what I'm going to take. That's exactly what I'm going to do. And, like, I'm there to walk around, sightsee, mainly walk. Get it. Get in touch with nature. Be one with nature. Go all zen. Get off the grid for a little bit. You know, debate life. Life's hot, burning questions. Figure out a few stuff about myself, my life, my love life, my career. That's what I'm going to. That's what I'm going to Vancouver for. It's just gonna be a, a nice little reflection time, right? Just gonna gonna look inwards for once, and and think Jeez. about what does Boris actually want. Nice. Well, yeah, you got to get in touch with the inner Boris. That sounds intense, brother. I come back and end up quitting SNME. Just watch. (laughs) No, don't do that. I will never. I would never. I'm just joking. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Start start up a new thing. Most wrestling. No, let's move on immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's one of those days, man. It's one of those days. It's one of those days. Yeah, well. I'm drinking beer at three o'clock in the afternoon. So yeah. It's not anyway, even 3 man, I guess in the afternoon. Yeah, not quite. I guess we shouldn't really dilly dally. We could knock uh, all this stuff out. Did you watch Level Up? I watched Level Up this week. I watched. <laughs> Define watch. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a background watch. Yeah, I feel that's like exactly. I... It was on, 
Um, yeah. So I, I, I watched it this morning when I watched NXT. Uh, you know, so it was on the PVR. I'm like, eh, let's let's hit play and see what happens. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I did. And I, I, I gave it a look. See, Ariana Grace wrestled daughter of Santino. She lost. Um, and once again, Trick Williams murked somebody with with his 360 big boot. So those were the highlights of uh, Level Up. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Uh, there, there's nothing else to say on, on that uh, on that front. But yeah, we have a lot to get through. We are going to talk some NXT stateside, some NXT UK. And then this Saturday night, it is a premium live event in your house, in their house, from their house to our house, in your house, premium live event this Saturday. Uh, set it on, I think, every show, but I'm going to keep saying it on every show that I'm on this week, which seems to be everyone except for All Elite Weekly. Um, this weekend, Saturday night, it is in your house. We're going to get you a show at some point after the show. It might be Sunday morning, but we will have an aftercast. That's a podcast that happens after the show, hence the name, Aftercast. We're going to get that to you. We're going to be chatting all things in your house. And all of this is in prep for Sunday night's Hell in a Cell premium live event. Cody, your boy, adrenaline in his soul against Seth Rollins in a Hell in a Cell. I guess there's a triple threat women's match somewhere and some other matches that's happening there. I'm actually excited for the two main events on that show, the uh, triple threat women's that you have alluded to. And, of course, Cody versus Seth 3. This time, it's in a big red cage. Electric so, uh, it should, boogaloo. Yes, yes. It should be pretty good, man. I think, no, honestly, like I think it's going to be a great match. Like Those guys have great matches. And here's the thing. Cody, you never know. Like I know there's a limit to what they're going to allow him to do, but you know that Cody is Cody. He's going to go out of his way to take a few years off of his career. Well, yeah, Cody will. He loves a cage match. He knows how to put together a good, violent match. I think we might see some blood, some rare WWE blood in this match, and it should be a should be a banger. I'm quite excited of, of uh, everything this weekend. I'm way more excited for Cody versus Seth than anything on In Your House. I'm more excited for the kickoff, which won't have matches, than I am for In Your House. Now that's a lot. I, honestly, Rude. here's the thing. I honestly think that In Your House is going to be a relatively okay to good show. Uh, you know, the matches I think are going to be great in terms of some of the in ring. I think that it's NX. At the end of the day, it's NXT 2.0. Like that. That's that's what it comes down to. It's a development brand that's getting. Like, you know, premium hours. Well, hey, man, we're talking about it now, so let's just quickly preview it. I have the card in front of me. Let's just do it right now. I agree with exactly what you just said. So, uh, yeah, we'll start. The six-man tag, Tony D'Angelo, Channing, Stax, Lorenzo, Lorenzo, and Troy, two dimes, Donovan versus Legado del Fantasma, Santos, Cruz, Del Taro, and Joaquin Wild. Now this, the stipulation of this match being the losing team joins the winning team's family. How do you feel about that one? Well, here's the thing. Realistically, I have a feeling, and like all jokes aside, um, with my for my love of Legado, but I do think Legado is going to end up losing this match somehow. Uh, it's the way that the the way that the story's kind of been going, right? So. I don't know exactly what the plan is for for after the show, but I th- I can see Legado 
losing. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Furthermore, Man, this story. Furthermore, I can see this being a case <laughs> where Joaquin Wild and Cruz del Toro join, happily join Tony D'Angelo's crew after a bit of time, and Santos gets farooked. So, ha, interesting. Maybe that's how they kind of figure this story out. So, what I was going to say is they're kidnapping people left and right, right? Like, Cruz del Toro, I believe, was kidnapped. It's not Cruz. It's Cruz del Toro. (laughs) Apologies, of course. Yes. So Mr. Del Toro was kidnapped, I think. So why would he join up with Tony D'Angelo? Because it was all all a ruse the entire time. Vince was so booking. They actually, like, kidnapped and killed AJ Galante? Like, he hasn't been seen, and they're just joking about he won't be seen no more. But, like, why? my point is, why would these people who are, like, blood feuding with each other, who have committed numerous serious crimes against each other, just work together because a wrestling match told them to? Because you know, one just... familia is always stronger <laughs> than two familias, my friend. Uh, Boris. Boris, Boris, Boris. I don't know, brother. I, I hope it's a good match. Go Santos. But yeah, just like terrible storytelling in NXT yeah. 2.0 these days. Bringing us to Re- Mandy no, hold on. Rose. One last point oh, about the one last. Hold on. Uh, sorry. Please, please. One last point about this match. My biggest issue with this. I think in ring, it'll be a good match. Like you said, terrible storytelling. And the most confusing part of this story is who was the face? Who was the heel? Yeah, man. Exactly. I guess. Legato's face, I guess. Yep. Yep. They're, they're, they're closer to good guys than Tony D'Angelo's crew. Even though they've is, committed literal murder on someone. Perhaps. Perhaps literal murder. Jury is still out on that one. Uh, Mandy Rose versus Wendy Chu, a feud based around Wendy Chu bringing out a uh, bag full of balls, or as they on NXT 2.0 to- told us, a sack, a sack full of balls. Dumped it on Mandy Rose's uh, face. So, Boris, that's where we're at for the NXT Women's Championship. A belt held by Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, you know, Charlotte, uh, Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, et al. Uh, Go Wendy Chu. Just so that Matthew Etter can eat crow. (laughs) Yeah, I said that the girl in pajamas would never be NXT Women's Champion and they should change Wendy Chu's gimmick. I stand by it. Mandy Rose will win and she will lose the women's title to Roxanne Perez after Roxanne Perez wins the breakout tournament. Next up, we have for the women's tag team title, Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane versus Katana Chance and Caden Carter. I think we're getting a title switch here. I think so, too. Uh, Carter and Chance. Chance Carter, Chance Caden, uh, they, there's, um, they're being built up really well. Like, it's it's one of those few teams in NXT or in WWE in general, tag teams, that feel legitimate right now. I agree with you. I think they're getting called up sooner than later. I think that's why Katana got her name changed. I think they're, uh, they're earmarked for the main roster quite soon. Katana Chance, under her old name, is on WWE 2K22. Like, they they obviously have some kind of vision to do something with her, right? So I think she's going to the main roster pretty soon. And I think they're going to win the tag team titles, possibly show up with them on Raw or SmackDown. Yep. The match that I'm looking forward to the most in the entire card, though, is actually the men's tag team title match. 
Interesting. Pretty Deadly versus the Creed Brothers, Brutus and Julius. I think we're going to get the official breakup of Diamond Mine. I think Roderick Strong and or Damon Kemp, probably just Roderick, turns heel on the Creed Brothers, and Pretty Deadly will continue to hold the men's tag team titles. Yeah. I believe, that, what, is is this their first title defense? Uh, no, Pretty Deadly wrestled. They wrestled at least, uh, what was it? was a makeshift team. It was Dexter Loomis and Duke Hudson oh, yeah, were a team. It. That's it. They, that, that might be their only title defense, though. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Kit Wilson and Elton Prince will still be champions by the end of Saturday. Yes. Well, they did just wrestle on the show that we're about to review as well, right? But that wasn't a title that defense. Wasn't title anyway. Match. No, I, I I think the Duke Hudson and the Dexter Duke Loomis Hudson one was. Dexter was, was a title match yeah i believe it was so boris this is my main event this is the thing that i would uh, i would say is going to be the best match on the show and if you look at the poster this is the match on the poster so there's a chance it might actually be the main event so, I, I i wouldn't be surprised it is for the a title isn't it yes the north american championship champion cameron grimes versus carmelo hayes with trick williams mellow's got to be winning the belt back i, I think. think so I think this is the unofficial beginning of Cameron Grimes moving to the main roster. Yeah, we've said that about a couple of people. I think I'm um, looking at this show. The people I'm thinking are earmarked. They're moving up. Cameron Grimes and Katana Chance and Caden Carter. I think sooner than later, those people will be on the main roster. They're your next batch of call-ups. So I agree with you. Cameron Grimes and Toxic Attraction. Interesting. I see. I'm going the other way. I think Toxic Attraction still needs some seasoning, not just uh, Mandy Rose is. I think she's pretty much there, but Gigi and JC still need a little time, in my opinion. Anywho, Boris. Uh, yeah. So Caramelo Hayes, we're both in agreement, wins the title there. Braun Breaker versus Joe Gacy is the main event, at least on paper for the NXT title. If Breaker is disqualified, he will lose the championship. Do you give a shit at all? No. I really don't. <laughs> and this is not, this is the thing. It has nothing to do with Braun Breaker or Joe Gacy. I think both guys are super talented. I think both guys deserve so much more than what they're being given. And I think that the in-ring might be, I'm really hoping that the in-ring shuts everyone up. But the story is just some of the most absurd NXT 2.0 story that you can think of. Yeah, they're just building this disqualification finish hard. They're really telling you Braun Breaker has a temper and he might, you know, lose the title due to disqualification. So, I don't know. There's a chance that the last edition of NXT Talk ever is the In Your House show and Joe Gacy wins the NXT title via disqualification and Boris and I just quit the podcast on the spot right there. Like I said, you never know what's going to happen when I come back from Vancouver. Anyway, man, but uh, yeah, so I'm not enthused about this story, not really enthused about this match. I wouldn't even main event the show with this match if I were booking, and uh, I hope I Ron Breaker wins. I would start just because it's the heavyweight title. You can get away with having this open the show. I, I love it. How about this? Open the show with this match. Braun Breaker wins via 10 power bombs. What do you think? <laughs> Dude, honestly, you see, if I was, then this is why I could never be a booker because I'm such a petty son of a bitch. Yeah, well, I would, that, 
I was just going to say, you're such a petty son of a bitch. Have you ever tweeted about having lunch with Dana White laughing at Vince McMahon? It's not like there aren't some other petty bookers in, in wrestling right now. True Vince enough. McMahon himself, quite a petty man, Boris. You'd fit in well. <laughs> true enough. True enough. No, but like, you know what I mean, right? Like, I'm such a petty guy, and it would literally only serve to... For my, you see now, now I'm starting to understand WWE booking a little more. Because <laughs> I'm literally great. about to say I would do that just so that I can laugh by myself and give myself the lulls. Yeah, yeah, with great power comes great corruption, Boris. All of a sudden, you're doing Doctor Heine sketches, and where did it all go wrong? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's in your house. I care about like one and a half matches on that show. Yeah, and uh, yeah, look again. Uh, it's thing about NXT is I respect the hell out of ninety percent of these performers. Ninety percent, ninety percent. I can you know you can probably guess some of them who I don't, but I respect the, the majority of the performers. I think that the majority of the performers are doing the best they can with what they're given. It's just what they're given is just utter nonsense sometimes. Sometimes, yes. Yeah. Sometimes they do have the old blind squirrel finding a nut moment. And I think we'll get into a couple of those on this here program. A fine, not good, not particularly bad, a little bit boring edition of NXT 2.0. Yeah, it was slow for sure. But Matthew, before we do that, we have one piece of business to get through. And that is, as the young guns, we are done with star ratings. And each and every week, we rate matches based off of a rating system de jour, something that reflects, something that makes us go, ha ha. So, what are you thinking for this week's rating system? So, I think it's got to be based around the uh, Santos and Tony D'Angelo feud. So, they called it a yacht that they were on. I think that's quite generous. I think we could go speedboats out of five to celebrate the yacht that they said they were on, which was actually a, a modest, you know, moderately sized boat. Yep. Let's do that. Let's do that. All right. So, speedboats. NXT, NXT 2.0. From Orlando, Florida, the Performance Center. You know, <laughs> I, I've never said this on the show, but the pettiness of Pritchard, Dunn, and McMahon, that they even changed the name back to the Performance Center from Capital Wrestling Center. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, God bless them sometimes. Anyways. I, I didn't even think of that. The show starts off with all of Diamond Mine heading to the ring backstage. Roderick Strong told Ivy Nile, Julius Creed, and Brutus Creed to to hang in the back while he and Damon Kemp show them how Diamond Mine is supposed to take care of business. Brutus said that Diamond Mine doesn't take breaks. Ivy Nile suspected that something was a bit off with Roddy. Yeah, it was interesting that they paired Ivy, not with Roddy and Damon, who's kind of caught in the middle, but Ivy clearly paired with the Creed brothers as baby face in future. Yep, yep. All right, so uh, first match, Roderick Strong and Damon Kemp versus NXT Tag Team Champions, pretty deadly, Kit Wilson and Elton Prince in a non-titled contest, as they say in WWE talk. Yes, pretty good little match here. I mean, not a lot to it, but I did enjoy it. I thought it was pretty solid. I thought this match was fine. Damon Kemp is pretty damn good for 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 how little he's been wrestling. Absolute bull in a china shop, this guy. He's pure energy and adrenaline, but he is, yeah, he's definitely good for his experience level. What has he got, four matches, five under his belt? Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
I like Damon Kemp. I think that he's a perfect fit for Diamond Mine. Which makes me nervous that they're about to end Diamond Mine and break them all up. But I agree with that. He is a perfect fit for what the personality of this crew has become. Yep. All right. So Strong and Pretty Deadly were both uh, trying to cheat all at the same time. Pretty Deadly grabbed the tag title belts. Strong went to unhook the top turnbuckle. Julius Creed ran out and he stopped Strong from unhooking the buckle. Strong ducked, hitched. Sorry, Strong ducked, um, and he was hit with the spilled milk to give Elton Prince the win over Strong. So your winners, pretty deadly. Yeah, interesting. Pretty deadly. A pretty big win here, pinning Roderick Strong, former NXT North American champion, former NXT tag team champion. This guy has been, you know, a big deal. Cruiserweight champion. It's been a big deal on this brand for a long time. So, yeah, a sneaky big win for Pretty Deadly. Solid little match. Three speedboats out of five, in my opinion. But here's but here's the thing. I Like, we act so shocked, but they are the tag team champs, right? Like, this just goes to show you, like, the mentality that we have when we watch WWE TV, right? Like, yeah. the tag team champion should be able to beat just about anyone, no matter what your previous accolades were. So it shouldn't be too much of a shock. So it just goes to show you, like, how WWE booking is yes it's it's warped our minds to think that the tag team champions should be losers because so often the tag team champions are like losing two to one to hulk hogan or john cena or something right so exactly that's the thing right all right so cameron grimes and solo sokoa were hanging out in the locker room grimes said after he beats carmelo hayes solo gets the next shot duke hudson walked in saying that grimes is handing out title shots like people taking turns at the arcade Hudson bragged about beating NXT champion Braun Breaker. Grimes left. Solo said that win doesn't count because Breaker got DQ'd and Hudson had Gacy's help. Hudson said that Solo isn't Hudson at Hudson's level. Solo said that they should find out tonight if Solo is at Hudson's level. Yeah, not a bad little promo here. I quite enjoyed it. I liked it more than the match later. Yep. Uh, Tony D and his goons were shown walking outside. Uh, Vic Joseph hyped a meeting between the gangs. Uh, Grayson Waller was ranting in front of a bunch of developmental wrestlers about how much Roxanne Perez sucks and how awesome he thinks Tiffany Stratton is. Josh Briggs shows up, got in Waller's face, causing him to back down. This one I really enjoyed. Grayson Waller can talk. He's got a lot of charisma. And even Josh Briggs is a little something to him. He's he's the best of the two of the the Cowboys, the Incel Express. I like some Josh Briggs. So this I've was always, this was a, a lot of fun. You know, I've always been a Josh Briggs fan. Like, you know that I pegged him to win the uh the breakout tournament last year. Boy was I wrong when he lost to Carmelo Hayes in the first round. Uh but yes. I like Josh Briggs. Like in Evolve, he was awesome. Him and Austin Theory just amazing matches that they had together. Interesting. I've never seen those. But yeah, I think Josh Briggs has a, has a future. And Grayson Waller, the sky is the limit for that guy. He's really talented. Former Australian Survivor contestant, Grayson Waller. Speaking of Survivor, I actually, I love how I'm just completely derailing the show, FYI. I absolutely <laughs> really enjoyed this season of Survivor. Yes, I watched it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, my roommates usually watch it. I, I didn't watch it this season. Sometimes they'll rope me into it. We'll do like a pool. Uh, next next season you should uh, try to we'll we'll do a pool we'll get you yeah, in on it I'm and down. then I'll, then I'll watch it was, as well. This season was a lot of fun. I really liked it. It's honestly the first time I've seen it since season ten. Oh shit! Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For some reason, yeah, my roommates are somewhat into it. So yeah, man, for sure. I'll we'll we'll watch the next season. We'll do a pool. We'll talk about it on Bam. 
Exactly. All right. Uh, Tony D'Angelo stacks and two dimes enter the lounge of a fancy boat. Legado del Fantasma also come in. D'Angelo and Escobar sat at the table. Escobar joked about AJ Galat not being here. D'Angelo said that Escobar may look fancy, but he doesn't respect Escobar. Escobar talks about how D'Angelo was a kid from the barrio who stabbed people in the back to get to the top. Escobar said that in the jungle, Escobar is el jefe. Wild and one of the goons threatened to fight, and they were stopped by the bosses. Uh, Lopez cut in and wondered what Legado can gain from a rematch. D'Angelo noted that Escobar cheated in the last match. Escobar said that D'Angelo needs to up the stakes. D'Angelo proposed a six-man tag between the gangs uh, where the losing team has to join the winning team. Escobar said he's looking at three new members of Legado in front of him. D'Angelo says he sees a fu- his future yacht. Escobar and D'Angelo agreed to the match stipulations. Escobar then tells D'Angelo to get off his boat. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, positives, it was well-produced. It, it had it had a bit of cheesy pro wrestling charm. Negatives, it was uh, it was a B movie. It was you know it was it was Sharknado pro wrestling, Boris. It was it was pretty friggin' cheesy. Yep, yep, yep. But you know Santos understands his character. He does a good job. Tony D understands his character. He does a good job. But yeah, this was a this was a bowl of Parmesan cheese. <laughs> of the fake craft cheese, like the 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 wood sand of <laughs> the yes. uh, uh, scrapes, not the actual Parmesan cheese. Yeah, exactly. Not not the good stuff. Yeah, the fl- yeah the flaky nonsense that you get in a can for one ninety nine. Also, Boris. So I was going to ask you. I think Troy Two Stacks Donovan is the one who he spoke a little bit, uh, and it sounded like he had an accent. So I was going to ask you if he was English, but I looked it up, and he was born in Charleston, West Virginia. Both of Tony D's goons. Goombas, as it were, are definitely Americans. So I don't know what was going on, but he sounded British when he spoke to me. So here's the thing. Funny that you say that. So I have some customers from Charleston, West Virginia, and they do have a bit of tang to their voice. It's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. There you go. So yeah, a little bit of a drawl to two stacks. Cora Jade versus Electra Lopez was next. Uh (laughs) <laughs> god bless them god bless them they worked hard but uh yeah um highlight of the match and i hate i'm not trying to be negative but i did laugh out loud when you can clearly hear we want popcorn yeah <laughs> and i know what it was in, i know it was in reference to cora jade and last week but when the match is not good it's <laughs> You know, yeah. that chant just doesn't make sense if, in the context. It seemed, it seemed more hurtful than it was yeah. because they were actually paying attention to the story that they were telling last week. But also, yeah, when you're hearing we want popcorn, that's not that's not what you want to hear in a wrestling match. You want to hear like, let's go Cora or NXT, not, uh, you know, ironic chance laughing at you and not with you. So, yeah, yeah, bad match, but they worked hard. They're working hard. You know, yeah. like the Electro Lopez is nowhere in the universe of close to ready to be on TV. Cora Jade's getting there. Yep. Cora Jade's getting better each and every week. Electro Lopez needs more time to develop. Uh, but funny enough, that's why we're in developmental. But let them develop. Yep. God damn it. Anyways, Cora Jade hits Lopez with a slingshot foot stomp for a two count. Lopez hit Jade with a blue thunder bomb for a two count. Jade sent Lopez to the mat with a tiger knee. And then Jade hit Lopez with a diving senton for the win in five minutes, five seconds. 
They are not a very good wrestling match at all. They tried really hard. They're working hard in NXT. But yeah, like like we said uh, a thousand times on this podcast, Electro Lopez just simply not ready, buddy. So eh, eh bad, bad match, good effort. Two speed boats out of five. That seemed fair. Yeah, that seems fair. I think that's fair. Look, at the end of the day, it was an okay match, but Electra Lopez is just, she's not ready. She still seems awkward. She still seems like that awkward teen who just hasn't grown into their into their new body yet, right? You just, it's the difference between someone playing pro wrestler, someone pretending, someone being a backyard wrestler, and like someone being like a, a professional athlete in there, and you lose yourself in their performance, right? The- other thing is maybe her move set just doesn't work for her. Maybe she should try some moves like, you know, more on the Raquel Gonzalez or Raquel Rodriguez side of things. Maybe what she's trying to do just doesn't work for her. Yeah, and she is very new, right? Like, they, it is worth figuring things out, but this is why it's so important for them to do house shows and touring matches and stuff, not just have practice matches in the performance center and then go immediately to the USA network on television anyway. So, uh, but that's the thing, but hold on, but you said it right there, dude, let's, you know what? I'm going to forgive every wrestler on the roster up until this point, but once they start touring again later this month, because we are in June later this month. And if I, if I, if we were not seeing that forward progression, that's when I think it would be fair to say this person might not be, ready for being on national tv right i i don't think we can give it like one tour give no, it six months I'm but, just but saying, now that they're yeah. yeah now that they're starting again uh now it will be more fair now we are then that's it's good it's good for everyone it's good for the performers it's good for the fans because they'll be better at it so it should it should do nothing but improve nxt 2.0 you know who's who's doing nothing but better and or bettering themselves and improving nxt 2.0 who's that wesley uh, yes, yeah, Wesley, the the curious case of young Wesley. Yep, because it was the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, who was interviewing Wesley. She asked him, why would you challenge Zion Quinn? Lee said he's been waiting for this for weeks. He said he had to take it now because Quinn might not uh, might come up with more excuses. Sanga shows up and said that Lee needs to bring the same fight to Quinn that he brought to him last week. Sanga said Lee might not be 10 feet tall, a giant, but he knows, brother, that Lee has a giant heart. I love Sanga. The I gentle giant. Here, okay. Yeah. Here's my thing. Out of all of the big giants that they've been putting on TV, Sanga, in my opinion, is the best one because he can talk to absolutely man yeah he's got like personality he's got like a gentle giant thing but he doesn't seem like like a pussy or a goofball he still seems like a badass he's just a well-spoken dude yeah i like sanga a lot honestly like i'm really digging sanga like i think in terms of the size in terms of talking and i think he can back up his moveset let it be known, June 1st, 2022, Borsa saying, future star in the making, Bay Bay. Yeah, I, I can see where your head's out there, man. Sky's the limit for that guy for sure. Yeah, all right. And then something that should have, like, these, you know, again, man, what they're doing for 
Roxanne Perez is absolutely amazing. And this one was just as good as the previous, like, you know, I'm a kid. I played PlayStation. Now I'm a real wrestler, yo. Um, they showed footage of her as a kid meeting the Bellas. Perez talked about her preparing for the next round of her life. They aired clips of her as a kid. She said... Uh, where her friends were watching, uh, while her friends were watching other things, she was watching Raw and SmackDown. Uh, she was talked about uh, taking a bus to train at Booker T's wrestling school, Reality of Wrestling. They aired B-roll footage of her at Reality of Wrestling. She talked about missing out on the usual teenager things like prom and parties. She said Cora Jade went through the same journey, and she's happy to have her back in her life. She said Tiffany Stratton may be bigger, stronger, but she's going to try her best to win the tournament next week on TV. Yeah, man. So very often we'll talk about how awful they are at building stars and doing characters and all of their ideas to hook the younger audience suck and they're terrible but this is this is a good call this is for the first time this is a character who actually might hook a younger audience and i'm sure they'll fuck it up and i'm sure she won't be you know what she could be on the main roster but man Roxanne Perez has a lot of potential. She's incredibly talented. This was really good. Roxanne Perez is a natural baby face. She is someone that you can build in to be that inspirational star, that kid, that 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 star that kids look up to. But I can she only can imagine be, yeah. the type of character that they would give her on the main roster. Like, gee golly, goody two shoes, yo. Yeah, exactly. She could be. She could be a uh, like a top star, like top star, like a John Cena level star if they if they play their cards right. I think she's talented enough. She is. She really is. Um, honestly, it's just it's crazy to think that just a year ago, under a year ago, we were introduced to her in Ring of Honor. Yeah, man, uh, look how time flies. Yeah, one of the success stories right now of 2.0. Let's see how long it lasts. Yep, exactly. All right. Uh, Roddick Strong was yelling at Diamond Mind, saying that they were supposed to stay in the back. Nile talked about how Julius took the belt shot for Strong. Strong said that he would have won by DQ. Strong gave the Creeds the ultimatum that if they don't win the titles at In Your House, they can't be part of Diamond Mind anymore. Because it's yeah. Diamond his. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. No, yeah, I right. did. That's all right. That's all right. But yeah, so that's why that's why more than anything else, I feel like Roderick Strong will make the executive decision to fuck the Creed brothers out of the diamond mine. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's, you know, the obvious diamond yours joke, diamond ours joke. You know, I'm going to go through all these while I can. Yes, I'm, I'm seeing that. Yes. <laughs> all right. So we have a women's championship summit. That's coming up soon. But before that, Joe Gacy was in a dark area talking about the life of Rick Steiner and how he raised Braun Breaker. Gacy said that Breaker carried the Steiner rage to the gridiron. Gacy said ultimately that led Breaker to WWE and to being a two-time NXT champion. Gacy said that uh, he found all his intimate information when he kidnapped Rick Steiner. Gacy said he wants to see Breaker lose control on Saturday. He said that one way or another, the NXT championship is coming home with Gacy. See, man, uh, see, I was just getting, I was fixing to say, I really like this. And you know what? They, at least for one week, they did something right with Joe Gacy. This was a pretty good promo. And then, and then 
Yeah. And then Braun Breaker was watching the promo from backstage. Mackenzie Mitchell. So not just Mackenzie Mitchell. The hardest working reporter in all of wrestling. Mackenzie Mitchell shows up. The lights begin to flicker. Breaker is acting paranoid. Breaker was about to toss the TV around in rage. Breaker said that his rage is not his weakness. It's a strength. And he's going to rip Gracie apart on Saturday. Yeah, so I liked the promo until they immediately cut to Braun Breaker watching the promo and then Joe Gacy going spooky Undertaker, David Lynch, Joker, Riddler situation, shutting the lights off and causing Braun Breaker to flip out and almost destroy a a TV until he decided uh, to not destroy that TV. Yep. Uh, they can't. They can't help themselves. One step forward, seven steps back. Also, did we? Uh, did we skip Wesley versus Zion Quinn, or is that right now? Uh, when did that happen I think on we, the show? I I think we skipped it by accident, and that just tells you how much that mattered because it was literally like a oh, minute shit. and a half. We totally did. <laughs> yeah, man. Zion, Zion Quinn beat the ever loving crap out of Wesley for like two two and a half minutes, and then. Wesley, like, rolled him up in one. Yep. Here's the thing, though. That is fine because I'm liking this damaged Wesley character. Like, the, the they're, they're, it's one of those things. I think it was I think it was last week or the week before that you were saying that he's the quintessential face in, in, in WWE where the way that they create faces and superstar faces is by beating the piss out of them. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and they're putting their hero through the ringer here in this in this instance for sure. Uh, the only problem is he got like no offense in this match. Like you gotta gotta do something. Like you, let, I think his only move was the roll up. He he, he won did a with, drop so. kick. He did a drop kick. <laughs> I I just think they have to give him more in these matches. He can't just sell the entire time. Like that's absurd. But I I I like I like the character. I love the performer. Uh, I would say it was an average WWE match. Bigger guy kills little guy and slips on a banana peel and little guy wins. So two and a half speedboats out of five for that one. Yeah. You know who Wesley is really reminding me of, like in terms of the characterization? Who's that? Zach Gowan. (laughs) Wow. That's rough because Wesley has two legs. Thank you. Oh, man. Another thing that's worth noting, uh, Damon Kemp in his match hit Johnny Gargano's slingshot spear from the apron to the ring, and Zion Quinn in this match hit Johnny Gargano's lawn dart for hitting an opponent into the middle turnbuckle thing, right? So they are stealing Johnny Gargano's moves in NXT. Yep, yep, yep. You can only imagine that he trained with a lot of these people, right? For sure, for sure, 100%, yeah. Maybe he's back there doing a little bit of training, Boris. Who knows? Probably not, though. On to the Women's Championship Summit, which sucked and was weird. (sighs) Do we really have to do this? Do we really have to talk about this? There's not a lot to say. There was, like, a lot of bickering back and forth. It seemed like Wade Barrett was trying to cut off Caden Carter, like, hey, your time is done, and Caden just had to get her lines in. She was just talking over Wade Barrett, trying to cut them off. Mandy Rose tried to like do her promo and then the good the good guys were being annoying and being extremely obnoxious and talking through it and i just thought this whole thing was uh was a mess that's the thing right like the faces were acting so annoying they were acting so like privileged and entitled 
Yeah, really, this this actually could have turned Mandy Rose babyface. I was uh, at the end of this, I was cheering for Mandy Rose, not just because of the almost wardrobe malfunction. No, that's crude. We shouldn't, but there was almost a wardrobe malfunction in this uh, segment. But no, just for real though, like all jokes aside, I actually thought Mandy Rose was the only one who did an even halfway decent job in this, and I thought she was the babyface of this segment. So. <laughs> Dude, uh, this is how much I was really paying attention to this segment, like in terms of what they were saying, just because it was a lot of back and forth, right? And it's a lot of like yeah. the characterization of women that just gets to me because it's yeah. like you're the stereotypical, loud, catty, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So in my notes, uh, you know what? I'm not, uh, my eyes opened up the floodgates, so I have to say it now. In my notes, I literally have a note that says, make a joke about not being able to take full notes because it's hard typing with one hand. <laughs> hey Zeus tonight, Boris. <laughs> yeah. So that's that is for some perhaps the highlight of this segment. Uh, but Mandy did a good job uh, on all fronts. So here's the thing: Chu shot a spitball at Rose at one point. Uh, everyone starts brawling. Chance hit Rose with a code breaker. Uh, the heels were dumped to ringside. Chance and Carter put Rose on the table. Chu then gave Rose a sleepy elbow drop through the table, and then the faces hold titles. So yeah, Wendy Chu's top rope move is it's like a half elbow, half headbutt that she does like she does like the sleep pose, similar to CM Punk signaling for the go to sleep, or like you know a, I don't know a child in a Disney movie signaling it's time to go to sleep, and she puts her hands up by the side of her head, and then she dives off the top rope and hits her opponent with that. So and it that's was her at, finishing move. It was at this point that I realized something that really hurts me about NXT 2.0. Uh, this what's happened that? literally right after the Joe Gacy, Braun Breaker thing. Literally, the worst things in NXT 2.0 right now are your men's and women's championship programs. Wow, that's true, man. That's so sad. Think that is 100% accurate. That hasn't dawned on me until you just said that. Wow, wow, how far we have come, how far we have fallen. Man, that sucks. That's exactly right. The worst thing on 2.0 is Braun Breaker and Joe Gacy, and the second worst thing is this Wendy Chu thing. Ah, yep. Terrible, terrible. Right? You're so right. Like, doesn't that, doesn't that hurt your soul a little oh, more? It really does. Genuinely hurts inside of my heart. Like the entire point of wrestling is to pump up and have superstars hold your belts. But when your superstars holding your belts are in the worst programs, what does that tell you about the entire program? No, oh, man, I, I just can't wait to see if Braun Breaker is going to get disqualified and lose this title to Joe Gacy, who has now uh, got superpowers. You're telling me you're not into that story, Boris? Come yes. on. Yes, I am. <laughs> I would, oh, yeah, uh, me neither. Yeah, sorry. I would rather I just, I just... watch the Anarchy in the Arena match 10 times before I watch the Joe Gacy Braun Breaker match. Yeah, I would say that. First of all, I'm not even I'm not even going to play your game. The Anarchy in the Arena match was <laughs> fucking fabulous and I a classic. I love you never bite. <laughs> Dude, I, I will not bite. I will not bite or yield or relent. But I will say that NXT 2.0 sucks and these titles suck and uh, I hate it. Although, you know who doesn't suck in 2.0, Boris? You know who's doing a damn good job? Solo Sokoa, buddy. And Solo Ivy Sok Nile, too. 
Yeah, Silva Sokoa and Ivy Nile are kicking ass right now because after this whole debacle thing happened, Kiana James approached Ivy Nile backstage. They were talking about how she thinks Diamond Mine will need some new members after the Creeds lose on Saturday. She said that the Creeds have a 12% chance of winning. Niles pressed James against the lockers, asking her the chances of her kicking James's ass. James said we'll have to see about that. Big Tony Khan at the AEW press conference energy saying, well, uh, there was only a 12% chance that the Eastern Conference NBA Philo would go to Game 7, so I, I trusted the numbers. So, all right, Tony. I think it was pretty clear to anybody who watched sports that that was probably going to 6 or 7. Anyway, Boris, uh, fake stats are fun, buddy. I love fake stats. I love fake stats. <laughs> Anywho. Solo Sokoa defeats Duke Hudson. Versus Duke, the man Hudson. Man, this match was fun. But again, four minutes, 44 seconds is what I have it down as. I wish this was yeah. 14 minutes, 44 seconds. Yeah, you couldn't call it anything above average because it was four minutes with a commercial, man. Like, we missed the we missed the majority of this match in Canada. But what okay. we can't say is these are two performers who are improving in front of our eyes. Like, look how far both of these people have come in the year that we've been watching. Uh, 2.0. I can't believe we're almost at the year point of this shit. Anyways, here's the thing. I don't want to get into details because it's not our details to share. You can go on the internet, find the details, yada, 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 right? But the NXT crowd is still smart, and they were firmly behind Duke Hudson, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, it was nice to see that. I agree. It was very nice to see that they are behind Duke Hudson, and, uh, you know, Duke Hudson's got a future in WWE if he wants it. He's fucking huge. He's a pretty talented, uh, you know, charismatic guy. Solo Sokoa, he's in the bloodline. So they're just there's a job in the you know on the back burner just waiting for him, just Dude, cooking up, just steaming up. If you smell what they're cooking, here's the thing: the <laughs> only way that someone from the bloodline can get let go, it's not even being a dangerous worker. It's literally going against policy that will inhibit you from traveling the schedule. Yeah, really, it's not even ending careers because we saw Nia Jax do that at least once. But yeah, man, so Solo Sokoa is going to be fine. Pins do cuts and clean with the Uso splash, the Samoan splash, the Superfly splash, if you will, the money shot, if you will, Boris. But I love Val how he goes. Sokoa. I love how Solo uses the Umaga hip attack. Yeah, big time. And uh, he, he'll devastate you with it. You got to watch out for that thing. That's a dangerous move. It really is. It really is. All right. It's. It, it reminds me, like, if done properly, it can look as insane as uh, McFoley's uh, knee to the face in the corner. The running inner thigh? I love that move. Agreed. So, yeah, again, another average match here on NXT. Two and a half speed boats out of five. Tiffany Stratton cuts a promo to hype up winning her match after replacing Nikita Lyons in the breakout tournament. MCL another injury. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. So two things. We should clean up that uh we more specifically I, although Hold you on. agree. Whoa, 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 Don't even put we in this. <laughs> I said that uh Nikita Lyons' injury was fake, and apparently it's real. But that's according to WWE. That's what big Vince McMahon wants to 
tell you. No, I, I don't know. I, if, if it's real, like uh, all power to Nikita, hope she heals up soon. But I, I still kind of think it was a work. I think the whole thing's a work. I still believe to this day that it's a work. I don't think it's a real injury. But maybe it is. Maybe I'm just being an idiot smart fan. If so, I apologize to Nikita if that is offensive in any way. Anyway, uh, this Tiffany Stratton promo, Boris, this was really good. This was actually really good. I quite enjoyed it. I think Tiffany Stratton is starting to understand how her character needs to be to be annoying enough to not to not be liked, to be the heel, but not annoying to where you're just annoying. Yeah, and there's a different spin on the Zaya Brookside character because yes. it's, a, it's a common complaint. I was just on uh, Blaine Vandergrind's podcast, The Royal Ramble, talking about this. It's, it's a very common complaint that they're the same character, right? It's fair, but so this is the twist on it. It's not just that Tiffany's spoiled. Tiffany is rich. Tiffany is loaded. So she has a private jet. She has all these advantages. Zaya Brookside is just a wrestler's daughter, right? Like God bless God bless Robbie Brookside. He's not he's not jet setting around the world, you know what I mean? So Tiffany Stratton has like that that kayfabe million dollar man money and that's that's a different spin on the character slightly, but it's enough to set them apart. Yeah, exactly. Cuz I originally thought that her dad was going to like be part of something, but I like the fact that he's like this ominous figure who's his daddy. And anybody could be Tiffany Stratton's daddy. <laughs> speaking, yes. speaking of rich, spoiled people, Johnny Depp just won his defamation suit. Huh. Yeah, let's. I'm not gonna. I don't want to comment <laughs> Dude, on that. It's. It's. I could see it in the corner yeah. of my eye. Like that's yeah. the only reason I, why he said something. All I could say is I agree with what you just said. Let's. All right. Also, this next thing. Can I please give myself the bar <laughs> Barry Horowitz for calling this? Yeah. <laughs> Footage aired of Tia Hall graduating high school last week. Uh, she went to a press conference uh, with a bunch of college caps in front of her. She teased going to Notre Dame, tossed the college caps to the ground. She said she's going to attend Andre Chase University. Thea Hale attending Chase University. So it was all an angle all along. Ah, it was pretty good, Boris. It was, it was, it was fine. You know, it was a li- little bit of fun putting over the crazy Chase U gimmick. And it's crazy how over that gimmick actually is. And at least WWE uh, sees that in the fact that they did this. A hundred percent. Yeah, they, they should do stuff. like they, they should push what gets over. So I love it. The Insel Express make their entrance. Waller took the mic and said that it, it wasn't fair. That Jensen and Henley should head to the back. Uh, that they should head to the back. Henley and Jensen agreed to head to the back. This sets up the next match, which was Josh Briggs versus Grayson Waller. Yeah. Not a lot to say yet again. Super short match. I like the two performers, but they didn't really have enough time to get out of, you know, first gear. It was just every wrestling match, every WWE match you've ever seen. Yeah. Here's the thing, man, that hurts me the most is like it's so hard for us to talk about these matches when they're under four minutes, most of them. But as you said, it's it's two wrestlers who are super green figuring out the WWE style and they're having an under five minute match. So, yeah, there's not really a lot to say. Highlight of this match, Sophia Cromwell's bodysuit. Good heavens. That is the highlight of this wrestling match. Uh, two and a half speedboats out of five. 
Yep, because at one point, Sophia Cromwell and Mr. Stone, they walked the ringside. Uh, Von Wagner got on the apron. He eats a big boot from Josh Briggs. Waller caught the distracted Briggs with the rolling stunner finisher. Wins in 3 minutes, 33 seconds. After this, Von Wagner puts the boots to Bridge, yanks him into the ring post. Uh, Brooks Jensen runs out to protect Briggs. Cromwell and Stone pulled Wagner to the back. And there you have it. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. So I do like the 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 kind of, you know, Pavlovian thing going on where as soon as you see Sophia Cromwell within five minutes, Von Wagner's going to murder someone. So I actually kind of like that. Like as soon as we see Sophia Cromwell on screen, Von Wagner beatdown is coming. So, you know, that's it's, it's kind of become a clever thing. Whoever writes NXT 2.0, I know, has watched a lot of David Lynch stuff. Oh, a million, million. Like you can percent. tell. Like there's just a watch, lot of, yeah. Watch a single Joe Gacy promo. Mm-hmm. There's just so much David Lynch in everything, even in the uh, the, the 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 crime family stuff, because it's so cheesy to the point where that's, in my opinion, the masterful writing in David Lynch stuff. That it's so cheesy. Like, did you ever watch the Twin Peaks revival? Yeah. Okay. It's insane. You know the guys from Vegas, right? Like uh, the Belushi and those guys. Tell yes, me yeah, yeah. that's not Tony D'Angelo and company. Right, that's an excellent point, man. That's so hilarious. That's exactly what it's it is. So it's so cheesy like, because it's yeah. like such a stereotype that it's insane. It, it's, it's hard to describe exactly the vibe of it, but yeah, it's supposed to be like, yeah, like Americana turned up to 11. You know what I mean? Like it's so... It, that's kind of, it's kind of what wrestling is in a way, but sometimes it's just too much. It's, it's too much. Although I do like the Sophia Cronwell thing. I do like that gimmick. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like the insanity of Quentin Tarantino also, right? Like, it's just so insane that we just accept it. Let's be clear, though. Uh, uh, NXT 2.0 is nowhere close in quality no. to David Lynch or Quentin Tarantino. I'm just it, saying, it's, though, it's a, yeah. I can see the influences that they're trying to portray. Absolutely, yeah. You can see that, yeah. You, it's someone who doesn't quite get it ripping it off for sure. All right, exactly. Ivy Nile versus Kiana James. Ivy Nile is a future women's champion. Here is a character who is not just every women's wrestler. She's not just every toxic attraction. She's not just like, like you said, like just generic bitching at each other. Generic women hate women. She is like a a well spoken but soft spoken legitimate athlete who just means business and wants to win. And I, I like Ivy Nile a lot. I enjoyed this match. You could talk uh, me into this being the best thing on the show to this point. I never thought I would say this, but hear me out. The way that Ivy Nile is portrayed and her character is done, this is what Layla Hirsch should be. What NXT 2.0 is doing is better than what the other guys are doing with Layla Hirsch. I know she's injured, but I'm just saying in general. You're right. You're right. Le- uh, I think at this point, Ivy's past Layla. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. But I mean, now, like I said, 2022 is going to be the year of the Nile. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so Ivy Nile wins with like it was a, it was a new finisher. I don't think it's going to be her long term, uh, you know, impact move. She still has that submission finisher, but she could use uh, like a pinning finisher. This shouldn't be it, but it was good. It was like a Shelton Benjamin style T-bone suplex power slam combination thing. It reminded me a lot of Shelton Benjamin's old finisher. Yep. 
All right, after this, uh, how many uh, motorboats, speedboats, how many <laughs> whoa, whoa, would you give this? Whoa, Sorry. Settle, settle down, Jesus Lord. I mean, I liked Keanu James, but no, we're going to go three speedboats out of five for this one. Boris, you dog. I didn't mean it that way, which is the worst <laughs> part. But as soon as I said it, I'm like, all right, I'm going to lean in. All right, moving, moving on, for the love of God. <laughs> <I'm> not- <laughs> Oh, you mentioned the joke. I thought you meant it anyway. <laughs> Kit Wilson and Elton Prince make their entrance. They talk trash to Ivy Nile, saying that they're going to get the Creeds kicked out of Diamond Mine. Prince asks Nile what Nile will do when Diamond Mine closes. The Creed brothers showed up, yanked pretty deadly into the ring. The Creeds dumped pretty deadly to ringside and posed with a tag belt, which tells us there is no chance in hell they are winning the titles on Saturday. Exactly right, buddy. Cue the Vince McMahon theme. Pretty deadly. Just just pencil them in. Pen them in. Sharpie. Permanent marker. Yep. All right. After this, a vignette aired for Giovanni Vinci. A-O, Giovanni Vinci. O-A. It showed him essentially being the world's most interesting Italian. He drinks nice wines, eats nice foods, drives nice cars, and is a prime-time athlete. The narrator was talking in the third person, hyping up Vinci. So, do we both think this is Fabian Eichner? We said that last week. Where if it's, it's not Fabian be. Eichner, I will be shocked. Shocked. Watch it I be Tony I- Mamaluk. <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. I hope I hope it is Fabian Eichner, and I hope this works because he's really good. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that this is in the name aside. I kind of like this because they're t- kind of turning him into the Dos Equis man. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting. Yeah, the name isn't great. Giovanni Vinci, it's a little on the nose. Well, not a little on the nose. It's a lot on the nose. It's a little on the nose for WWE. <laughs> it's like being called Juan Rodriguez or something. Pretty well. Pretty well. All right. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams joined the commentary table. Uh, we get uh, some Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes ads thrown at us. And then Nathan Frazier. Dude, is this the best entrance in all of wrestling right now? It's getting up there. I really like it. It yeah, it's kind of a little bit of a Cody Rhodes ish entrance. It's got a little vibe of the Cody Vader in there, but yeah, Nathan Frazier's got a superstar entrance. And that's then the he thing. comes like, out and loses. You <laughs> all, that's God bless WWE. Let's we love this guy. We're gonna give him the cool entrance, but you're gonna lose every week. Yeah. And I get that you can't just beat the champion every time out. Like Cameron Grimes kind of had to win this match too. Yeah, especially because Cameron Grimes just lost to Solo. But man, they already did it once. It wouldn't have shocked me if they would have just had Frazier win via interference. Right? That's like, the thing. Where? Right? Like Carmelo Hayes easily. And it's a few times where I'm like a pro interference win because it saves face for everyone. Carmelo Hayes, or sorry, Cameron Grimes doesn't get hurt because he got screwed out of the win. Nathan Frazier looks good because he got the win. Right now, Nathan Frazier, I'm not going to say he looks like a dork and it doesn't hurt him in the grand scheme of stuff. But, but if you're trying to build up this guy as like, dare I say, the next big thing, it's weird that he gets the loss. Yeah, you're right. And that's just it. He's not the next big thing. He's not Seth Rollins or AJ Styles, no, sadly, because he does have a lot of Seth Rollins and AJ Styles in him. But I don't think he's ever going to be pushed to that level. Um, you know, Like right now, no. But you never know in the future. But like they give him a cool entrance. They give him cool promos. They give like actual like video vignette, like play yeah. promos. Yeah, like, I know what you mean. 
they see something in this guy. They should. He's great. And he had a really good match. Fast paced running a mile a minute with Cameron Grimes here in the main event. Yep, Frazier got Grimes. Uh, he was all staggered with an Insiguri. Grimes caught Frazier with a lariat. Frazier surprised Grimes with a Frankendriver for a two count. Grimes and Frazier dumped each other to the ringside. Mello was happy because his opponent's taken a beating. And Delix, uh, you know what I'm going to say. Grimes recovered to give Frazier with a German suplex. Grimes caught Frazier with a cave for the win at 10 minutes, 9 seconds. Yeah, definitely. If you're going to see one match on this show, Check out that one. Uh, I thought it was a good main event, really, really good main event. Like I said, just running a mile a minute really stood out how fast they were moving after watching the whole show of people in like their sixth match. These two wrestlers who are world traveled working at a mile a minute really stood out. Yep. So that was the go home show for NXT 2.0 before this week's weekends in your house pay per view. But Matt, I am so excited to talk about the main event of NXT UK. Yeah, same. Much better than this very good match. Three and three-quarter speedboats out of five for the main event of 2.0. Let's move on to the UK brand, Boris. It is time to chat about NXT UK, the best hour of WWE television each and every week. And this week, Matt, I believe we're going to have to make a spot on our top 122 list for even the mid-year and probably the end-of-year list with the main event from this show. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the best matches I've seen even counting double or nothing, one of the best matches I've seen in a very long time, Charlie Dempsey versus A-Kid. This was a one-match show, but what a match it was, Boris. My God in heaven. Let's just rock through this thing and get to the main event. Yeah, hold on. Before we even go there, let's okay, okay, let's let's get through the rest of the card and then we're gonna focus on that main event. All right, Mike Markoffi made his entrance. He whilst a promo he cut earlier was airing. <laughs> Coffee said he aimed to be the top boy in Gallus whilst his brother Joe was on hiatus. I like it. Uh, It's wild when we talk about 2.0, but when we talk about UK, of course, it must be whilst. And whilst we talk about it, we need to start using Fortnite more often. I I agree. I agree. This bit's really landing with me. I hope it's not (laughs) offensive to our English listeners. (laughs) I, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> pop, pop, cheerio, meat pie, uh, yada, yada, yada. Mark Coffey versus Saxon Huxley. You know what? I There's zero reason to like the Saxon Huxley character in 2022, but I love it. Yeah, it's, he's, he's the berserker. He's he's uh, an absolutely homeless man's bruiser Brody. But uh, yeah, <laughs> The amount of Saxon fine. Huxleys I see on Bloor Street nowadays is insane. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's sad. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, yeah, not much to meant, this I, match. You know what? It's I, I actually mean all the hipsters. Oh, that's, yeah, I was going to say. I thought, you, I thought you meant the raving homeless men, Boris. Anyway, four-minute wrestling match here. Mark Coffey wins clean as a sheet with the sliding forearm. Not a lot to it. Exactly. Um, I think Mark Coffey is, like, 
we're seeing this turnover now in NXT UK, right? And I think Mark Coffey is going to be part of that major contendership uh, group. Interesting. I don't know. I feel like the coffee, the the Gallus boys have maybe peaked a little bit. It'll be interesting to see what comes next for them. All right. So here's an interesting thing. Vignette aired Ivy Nell. Uh, she's got a championship match against Miko Satamora in a fortnight. <laughs> exactly right, buddy. Two so, weeks. Here's the thing. Here's here's the thing. I saw a conversation between uh, Blaine and yourself. Uh, there, and he's not the first person that I've seen who thinks that Ivy Nile is going to beat Miko Satamora for the NXT UK Women's Championship belt. I hadn't even considered it. Yeah, I I would do it. Now I that it's been it. brought up, I would do it. I hope it happens, man. I don't know if they've taped it yet. I will go out of my way to avoid spoilers. If someone knows, please don't tell me. I don't want to know. Dude, I want to go in clean. It's like the fact that I know how the tag team division is going to go. It like, It kills me. Not nah, to say anything. Sucks. Anyways, yeah, don't don't tell me. But yes, uh, yeah, I hope I hope that she wins that title. Miko yep. rules. She's a wrestling Hall of Famer. I voted for her for the Wrestling Observer Hall. Actually, I don't have a vote. That's right. I would like a vote, and we on on our podcast, I unofficially voted for her, and I would again. Exactly. So whilst. The women are <laughs> trying to figure out who the champion is. We saw Emilia McKenzie versus Lash Legend. Here's one for you, buddy. This is by far the best Lash Legend match I've ever seen. By far. Country by mile. Far. Country, Country mile. mile. The previous match and the match after this, I would say we're at best average. Like two, two and a half, you could choose. We'll be generous and say match number one and match number three on this card, two and a half supernovas out of five. This Lash Legend match, for sure above average. Amelia McKenzie, this is proof positive that Amelia is a really good wrestler. She drug Lash Legend. Kicking and screaming to this good match. Whoever taught Lash Legend the reverse Argentine backbreaker is a godsend. Good good looking out. That's a that's a perfect move for her. Yep. I really like that. Mackenzie is just so good. She like honestly, Emilia McKenzie, I think. And and and, and I'm, here's the here's the scenario in my head. Emilia McKenzie's gonna cost Miko Satamora the belt, and then we're gonna get Emilia McKenzie and Miko Satamora kind of going having their own program. Huh. I think that's a mistake because I think Amelia is a good baby face. I don't know if she could be a heel. Maybe she can. Maybe she can. But I don't know if she's got the personality to be a heel. I think she's kind of just kind of just generic wrestler, but she's really good at that. This match was great. Six minutes, seven seconds. Mackenzie went for a flipping spear, but legend, literally a flipping spear, not yeah, flipping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, it's basically like the buckshot lariat. It's like the buckshot spear. That's her mm -hmm. finisher, basically. Yeah, but Lash Legend hits her with a big boot, pins her for the three. Six minutes, six seconds. Love the finish. Yeah, she goes for the buckshot spear and gets bucked in the head, just knocked and uh, yeah, Lash Legend wins best Dude, match of Lash Legend's career. This is what I three mean. out of five. Three out of five. Three out of five supernovas. Three out of five scones. Three out of five uh, Yorkshire puddings. Here's the thing: this to me proves that Lash Legend is actually good. Like she, you know, everything that she's done in NXT has proven otherwise. Yeah, it's just, well, they put her in there with a, a decent wrestler, and it wasn't bullshit, it wasn't gaga, it wasn't hokey nonsense, it was just a wrestling match with a really good wrestler, and it only went six minutes, but yeah, man, they they, they 
structured it well and showed off what Lash Legend could do and hid what she couldn't do. And what do you know? She looked like a star. They hid what she couldn't do. How many times do we say that on any SNME podcast? Because that is the brilliance of Paul Heyman and ECW. And that's something that WWE just doesn't do enough of. They expose you so much sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's it's not an original point, but it's just so evident and confusing and dumb and stupid. And I wish they would have. Here's another one of a match that I enjoyed. That was Shaw Samuels versus Damon Kemp. Crazy. Uh, I was not expecting the result of this match, but yeah, it was it was perfectly fine for what it was. But again, Damon Kemp is just a ball of energy in there. He's just just pure pure energy, dude. I have a feeling. Who's the younger brother? Is it Damon Kemp or is it uh, the other guy? I think I think Gable is younger. <sighs> I hope I, I kind of hoping it was going to be Kemp because I was going to say this is another uh, example where I honestly think, in a weird way, that Damon Kemp is going to be like the better wrestler, but the bigger star is going to be uh, Gable. Man, there's a really, really like serious chance that Gable Stevenson never gets out of the starting gate because he gets canceled because he's got a pretty goddamn yeah. checkered past like anyways we'll leave it at that yeah. <laughs> again reddit is your friend all right yeah Shaw no, samuels sometimes and, sometimes samuels <laughs> missed an elbow drop allowed camp to control him with an ankle pick camp hits a number of slams he then hits a rolling senton that looked half things in a neat Little package, as Homer Simpson would say, but that wasn't the case because Noam Dar grabbed Kemp's. Uh, he, he grabbed Kemp. Samuels then hit the spine buster, a nice looking spine buster for the win. Yeah, so hits a nice looking double A spine buster. And I'm thinking, okay, now we're going to go into the finish. Here we go. And he pinned him and won. With that, with what I thought was the transition, with uh, I thought that was like we're going into the finish right now. Nope, that was the end of the wrestling match. There we go. So but, I, I liked it. I, I like you can't. Not everything needs to be cookie cutter. He hit him with a move, and Dave Kemp's life bar was on zero. He was his life bar was fully in the red, Boris, and thus he was pinned. So here's like the thing: you and I, we talk wrestling on a podcast. We're lucky enough to to be able to give you our thoughts. We're not insiders. We're fans who talk. Yes. So, you know, when I see, and, and a lot of things that I say is based on just the sheer amount of wrestling that we watch. So when we act surprised like this, it's just cool to see because, you know, based on wrestling, based on WWE logic, based on just the way wrestling goes, I, w- I was fully on board with what you just said. I thought that spine buster was going to be the transition to the finish. So I was like not only pleasantly surprised, but I love being surprised in wrestling when they can still, well, surprise me. Absolutely. Yeah. This not a complaint at all. I was just like taken aback. I was like, whoa, that's the finish. All right. David yeah. Kemp loses. Yeah. I love being surprised. I love being surprised. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's like, I, you know, it's day, a, I, I will, I'm gonna love being surprised when Jade Cargill actually has a good match. That's just rude. She just had one. Literally just had one on the last pay per view that you just watched with your own eyes against Anna J on Double or Nothing 2022. Anyways, Shaw Samuels defeats Damon Camp with a spine buster. Boris, five minutes and forty five seconds. 
uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna put it right on the Mendoza line. But you know what? You might you might have convinced me to maybe I should nudge it to three. Up it to three, dude. I would Instead. give it three. I would give it three crumpets. Uh, all right. All right, Boris, you twisted my arm. Three crumpets out of five for the okay. lads, Shaw Samuels and Damon Kemp. Like, remember, this, the ending shocked you, surprised you. That alone should hype you up for the match. I'll take it. I'll I'll, I'll drink to that, buddy. Speaking of hype, we got a hype vi uh, video package for Mustache Mountain versus Smith and Carter versus D. Famille next week on NXT UK TV. Don't tell me how this ends. I'm guessing Carter and Smith win. Don't tell me if I'm right. Anyways, all I'm going to say is that by all reports, this is a tremendous triple threat match. Awesome. Can't wait. All right. Wolfgang consoles Kemp backstage, offers to teach him how to do things the Glasgow way. Um, that was kind of funny. So Damon Kemp. Joining Gallus? By God. Yeah, I know. A Kid makes his entrance. Charlie Dempsey makes his entrance by himself. Oh, dude. Okay. All right. Let's talk about this main event. Let's talk about this main event right now. Charlie Dempsey somehow is every member of the Black Bull uh, Fighting Club or whatever, the Battle Club, whatever, whatever they're called right now. Like, he is literally all of them put into one. It's funny. He kind of looks like baby John Moxley. looks like CZW John Moxley. Wrestles like his daddy, William Regal, with the intensity of a Daniel Bryan. So it's, it's so funny. He's all of them rolled into one. With the with the youth of Wheeler Yuta, man. The youth uh, of Wheeler the Yuta. <laughs> I love it, Boris. I love it. Charlie Dempsey is the most underrated professional wrestler in all of wrestling. Full stop, number one, the single most underrated wrestler in wrestling is Charlie Dempsey. He is fabulous. A-Kid is right there, too, but people start. People know about A-Kid. He's about to be in WWE 2K as, as DLC. He's fine. Yep. People don't know about Charlie Dempsey yet. Let, let me tell you about Charlie Dempsey. Charlie Dempsey. I, you know, you know me. I'd never say this about wrestlers, right? But it's a travesty that he's in WWE because I don't think he's gonna get his due diligence in WWE. I don't think he's gonna get what he deserves in WWE. Can you imagine Charlie Dempsey in Ring of Honor? I hope it happens soon. Charlie Dempsey in AEW, man. Charlie Dempsey in the Blackpool Combat Club. Sooner than later, and I, I hope will it happens. not make. He's gonna be wrestling in dark and elevation joke. You goddamn well better not. So, yeah, let's talk about it. Heritage Cup rules. So it's six rounds, two out of three falls. Um, there, Yeah, and uh, just generally these are scientific matches, more, you know, British strong style, if you were, uh, Will, more that European style, that hard-hitting, that scientific uh, action. Yep. You know what You know what I love the most about NXT UK is, like, uh, Back in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, you always heard of the British slash European style, right? And everyone always talked about a couple wrestlers like William Regal um, and, and, and Brookside. You know, there's a handful of wrestlers who kind of wrestled that style. But now seeing this style week in and week out on NXT UK with certain wrestlers, man, it's just awesome to see. 
Here's the thing about this match. It went the full six rounds, went just over 15 minutes. It was a masterpiece of technical wrestling. Just a masterpiece. And it wasn't like barring. It wasn't just exchanging holds. It was intelligent, uh, sophisticated is the word I will use, mat wrestling with some awesome high-impact spots in there too. This was just like a modern take on a world of sport match basically this was this was brilliant man dude and the thing i love the most about heritage cup matches especially it's because they're so technical because they're so scientific you can't do the modern day wrestling formula of a thousand finishers and a thousand and sorry a thousand finishers and 999 uh uh, kickups yes yeah exactly right but they still do have like because of the round system, there's a lot of ways you can go and like a lot of ways you could build drama. So Yep. Okay, so round one. We're gonna go round by one. Round one. Dempsey was really doing the head to scissors a lot. Uh, a kid flips out. He went for a double arm hold. Dempsey put on the hammer lock. He bridged also to like a chin lock, and the round ends with A kid attempting to pin. Attempting a pin. Yeah, so it was a little bit of a save by the bell, although if you look closely, Dempsey did actually kick out before the bell. Yep. Uh, Dempsey really controlled much of most of round two. His knuckle lock suplex just looked amazing. Dude, his submissions. He Zack Sabre Jr. like submissions. Yeah, exactly. Like, you just... It, it looks like he's making them up as he goes along, but he's not. You know what I mean? Like, he's got a plan, but it just, he's so, uh, I, I don't know, creative with, with the ways that he could torture a man in the wrestling ring. And it's funny because we literally called him a little bit of Zack Sabre Jr. and a little bit of A Kid because A Kid comes close to getting the first pin after a crucifix pin. And then all of a sudden, Dempsey starts doing all these monkey flips. Yeah, very interesting. And then it, it ends, round two ends with Dempsey hitting like, like similar to Baron Corbin's uh, what, not end of days. What's his other move? The spinny, the, the spinny Baron Corbin move. He does the spinny Baron Corbin into a backbreaker and uh, that ends round two. So round one ended with Charlie Dempsey in a little bit of trouble. A-Kid had the best of him. Round two ends with A-Kid in a lot of trouble. Charlie Dempsey has the best of this match right now. So that's what I love about the beginning of round three. Aiken knows he just got his ass kicked and he's going to lose the first pin. So as soon as round three starts, Aiken just goes out, guns a blazing on a heel hook. Dempsey puts on a leg lock whilst still in Aiken's submission. Aiken then draws blood from Dempsey. Yeah, so, yeah, these guys are beating the crap out of each other. Dempsey bleeding from, I believe, the nose might have suffered a broken nose in this match. Yep. Dempsey gets the ropes. He unleashes some brutal chops and strikes. He catches A-Kid, and he went for his uh, Casadora and hit a German suplex. Dempsey locked on a bow and arrow submission, and he forced A-Kid to tap out to give him the 1-0 lead. Amazing finish here. So if you're a longtime Charlie Dempsey fan like Boris and I, by which we mean you've seen all seven of his matches or whatever it's been so far. His uh, his first match, he busted out a submission that looked like it could legitimately break somebody's back. And we haven't seen it much. I think he's only used it one other time. And it's like uh, it's like a mega death kill move. Like as soon as Dempsey locks this move in, 
it's it's absolute death. He basically scorpions the opponent's back uh, so their head touches their heel. So anyway, he's starting to lock this move on A-Kid, and A-Kid knows this is the death blow. This is the end. So he taps out before it's even in because he knows he's fucked. So I thought he it was also really He also knows, okay, I can go down one pin, but I can still beat him and the, win the, the entire match. So I like that thinking that he had. Absolutely. So, yeah, just brilliant, just brilliant structure of this match and rewarding you for paying attention to previous NXT UK episodes. Yep. AK comes out hard again in the fourth round. He uh, almost he does a beautiful German suplex, almost gets the pin to level things up. But Dempsey gets up. Uh, A-Kid then locks on a sleeper and a guillotine. Dempsey works out, but A or locked out of it. Uh, but A-Kid hits his running kick and he scores the fall to level things at one to one. Yeah, A-Kid is the type of wrestler who's so good that one of his main finishers is just a it's just a drop kick, basically. It, it's similar to Saray's drop kick, except instead of the opponent being seated next to the ropes they're standing next to the ropes but it's basically a drop kick to an opponent standing in the ropes and it looks brutal and violent and beautiful yep all right here's the thing that i absolutely loved the next two rounds just just beautiful storytelling because round five a kid he gets another round of German suplexes with kicks on Dempsey. A-Kid puts a triangle on Dempsey, and he lifts him and slams him to the mat. A-Kid hit the moonsault DDT. He pins Dempsey, but the clock runs out. Saved by the bell. By the moonsault DDT, we've talked about that before. But if you're not familiar, picture the Halloween Havoc 1997 match. Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio does a backflip off the top rope, catches Mysterio or Guerrero sorry, in a DDT. That's a kid's finishing move. That's one of the moves he does in every match. So <laughs> crazy. The fact that he whips this out every single match is insane. Uh, absolutely insane, man. Truly, truly nuts. And that brings us to round six with Charlie Dempsey reeling on the ropes. Yep, A-Kid knocks Dempsey down with a kick from the bell. Uh, Dempsey grabs his towel, which forced the referee to remove the item. Dempsey tosses brass knuckles to A-Kid and hit the canvas. The referee removed the knuckles from the ring. Dempsey then hits a right hand and a back suplex for the win. Charlie Dempsey gets the win two rounds to one in 15 minutes six seconds not just a right hand and a back suplex buddy he hit the power of the punch boris although not really he did not he didn't have the, the brass knuckles but but it was it was the power of the punch and the regal plex he won with the old regal plex the william regal suplex that regal used to torture cruiserweights with paul london especially yeah so <laughs> Amazing wrestling match, man. Better than everything on Double or Nothing except for Arcade Anarchy. Or sorry, uh, Anarchy in the Arena, which I swear to God I'm not trolling or lying at all. I truly in my heart believe is an all-time classic. This was an excellent, great, 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 great professional wrestling match. Watch this match. Best NXT UK match in a long time. Not even the best of the year, though, because they've also had an incredible Jordan Devlin and Elia Dragunov feud. So we're blessed to have UK in our lives. I hope it lasts forever. This match was awesome. Four and a quarter stars, four and a quarter crumpets, four and a quarter puddings at least. Yep. Dude, this match was so good. So good. Dude, it's insane. Like, 
I, t- I, I, I've been watching NXT UK on Thursdays. If not live, then shortly after live. And then I typically watch Impact later on at night. Thursdays might be my favorite wrestling night. Nice, man. That's dope. I actually usually watch NXT UK on all the way on Wednesday morning, right before we record this podcast. So it's fresh in my mind. And I swear to God, I'm going to hang up with you, Boris. I'm going to stop recording this wonderful podcast. And I might fire this match up and watch it right now before I go have to leave the house at five here in the afternoon because I have a little bit of time. And it was so good, I might just enjoy it again. Yeah, that's the thing. Sometimes, like, when we do the first watch, it's for the show, right? So sometimes, if it's a match that I really enjoyed while st- taking notes for the show, I tend to rewatch it. So I think this one is for sure one that I want to watch. So this leads me to something. You know, our one-year anniversary of BAM is coming up. You know our gimmicks. We love lists. So we're going to give you the top 122 of the year, dot, 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 so far. Yes, July 1st, the Canada Day tradition at BAM. It will be officially established as a tradition because it will be year two. It's a pattern. And, uh, yeah, that will be coming at you July 1st. Also, we'll be back, Boris, Saturday night slash Sunday morning with the In Your House After Pod. And I might be joining you for Rampage Ramble if you don't have a guest this week. We'll see. Yep, exactly. We have that. And then on Sunday, just remember on Sunday, you are going to be getting the flagship show with Mike McGuire and guests. And then on Sunday night, Hell in a Cell after party right after the show. I swear to God, if it's a Monday morning, I think a lot of people are going to freak out. But I have faith that it's we're going to go live shortly after 11 p.m. Uh, so that's going to be the after party to discuss all things Hell in a Cell. It's going to be a combination of hosts. I don't even know who is going to be there. It's going to be yeah, a combo we'll of that us. Out. Exactly. We'll figure that out. I might be on the Hell in a Cell. Uh, maybe not, because we, we will be for sure, Boris and I, doing In Your House. So I'm not sure if I'll be on Hell in a Cell, but I might. What I do know is, because there's so much happening this weekend, BAM is going to be next Tuesday. So the next BAM episode you're going to get is Tuesday. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up for you. I think I have another retro thing cooking up on the back burner there. We'll talk about it. Hey, and before we go... Tell our listeners where they can find us on TikTok. Yeah, at SNME Radio over at the TikTok. Today's WWE history video. Well, it was NXT related, Boris, so it just fits in well with this here NXT Talk podcast. Let me tell you what. I can't wait. All right, dude. Thanks so much for listening again. It's going to be a crazy summer because we have all the after parties, all the wrestling. We have Hell in a Cell. We have NXT in your house. We have Forbidden Door. We have Money in the Bank. We have everything coming at you. Slammiversary. Slammiversary even. Slammiversary. We're talking TNA. We're talking TNA. This is crazy. He's Matt. I'm Boris. I'm going to have another beer. Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.